Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Amen. Well, I'm thankful today uh, to have one of my favorite speakers. My daughter, Cameron, is going to come here in just a moment. She's going to teach. And I am blessed. Paul mentioned and said that he is blessed that his children are in truth. Amen. No greater blessing than that your children walk in truth. And I'm thankful that my daughters um, love the Lord and they love the church. And uh, certainly I know that that's a choice. You know, a parent, you can do all that you want. At some point, your parents have to, or your children rather, have to come, your parents too, but your children have to come to a point where they decide for themselves that they're going to serve the Lord. And I'm grateful that my daughters have made that choice to serve the Lord, and not only to serve the Lord, but to minister in the work of the Lord. And so I want my daughters to know that I'm proud of them. And I want Cameron to come right now, and she's going to teach us. It's funny because every time my papa gets up, it's so precious because he's always like, my favorite preacher ever is my son. And it's just always so precious to me. I'm like, oh, my goodness, so cute. And so having my dad say that about me, I'm like, I'm unworthy. I'm like, thank you so much. Um, but truly, like, I'm just so blessed with parents that have raised me in truth. And I give honor to them today as pastors of this church for leading us, um, but also um, I was just talking this week to my friends how I'm just so grateful that my parents have never sacrificed our family um, for, for ministry. Obviously, ministry has always been in our lives, but they've always put us first. And coming from me, I just want you all to know that they have been, I know you all see this, but thank you, Mom and Dad. You all have been just the best parents, and thank you for leading me in truth. Thank you. I love you guys. Yes. Love you guys. <laughs> so um, we're going to, if you guys want to stand real quick, I have just an opening scripture. Um, I'm going to have you guys read just a few verses and then you guys can be seated. And we're going to read in Genesis chapter 22. Um, and I'm going to be starting in verse 1. I'm just going to read verses 1 and 2. And then I'm going to skip down to verses 13 and 14. So starting in verse 1, and it's up on the screen. So I'm just going to go ahead and get started as you guys are turning there. And um, it says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee of. And then down in verse 13, it says, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold him. And behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. In verse 14, it says, And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And you all can go ahead and be seated. And today I'm just going to be teaching on this topic, When the Mountain Won't Move. Um, when the mountain won't move, that's, you know, 
Well, it's a fun topic today, so we're just going to get into it. So how many of you guys, we've all heard the phrase, a mountaintop experience, right? You know, you hear the phrase, I've had just a mountaintop experience. It's always referring to something that's just so incredible and really, really cool. I've got some pictures. I'm going to have them share a video in just a second. Um, I, have, I wanted to give you guys some visuals today because in summer 2021, some of you may know, um, I quite literally encountered this in my life. I could fully grasp and just understand that surge of energy and adrenaline that comes when you reach the top of a mountain. And I had actually talked a few days ago to Matt um, Plugger about this. We were talking about Alaska because that's where it was. It was in Alaska. I went um, on a trip with my singing group chosen from IBC. I think they, they came here once. And um, we went to Alaska that summer for two weeks. It was amazing, amazing. But the first night we got there, which it's, I think, five-hour time difference, I believe. It's disgusting. Four? Four. Okay, four. It felt like five. Six, you know, whatever. Same thing. But it was long, okay? And I'd been traveling. We'd been traveling all day. At this point, we had been awake for over 24 hours. Okay, so I'm tired. However, we're in Alaska, y'all. In Alaska. So I'm not there to just go to sleep. Like, you know, some people... I don't understand the type of people who go on trips and they're like, okay, let's just go to the hotel and need to sleep. I'm like, excuse me, we're in Alaska. Like, I can sleep the rest of my life, okay? I can catch up one day. I may never catch up, but I'm in Alaska, so I'm going to go crazy here. So we get to Alaska, and it is like, I think, in, oh, oh, cool thing about Alaska, too. I'm sure you guys know this, but, you know, I have to be like, What's, this is what I learned because I went to Alaska. Um it is like light in the summertime. You know, it's dark a lot in the winter, but in the summertime, it's light, like, I mean, it's crazy. It's barely at all dark. And even whenever it is nighttime and it's dark for like a few hours, it's not even that dark. Like it's not pitch black. It's crazy, y'all. So we get there and our bodies, like we're weary. We got some burgers, but we are weary travelers and we are tired. And Brother Galleon, the group leader, he, they're from Alaska. The Galleons are. And so Brother Brother Galleon, I don't know if y'all remember him. He's preached here several times. He is a mountain man, okay? And so he was, like, so excited. He's like, I'm back in my roots, y'all. Like, I'm going to go fishing. Like, on this trip, the guys caught so much salmon. Like, we'd wake up, and we're like, where are the guys? are like, we're catching salmon. And so it was, it was a great time. I wanted to go, but then I slept. But it's fine, you know. So, you know, we're doing some exploring, some fishing, some crazy stuff. And Brother Galleon was like, first night, it's 10 p.m. We've been awake well over 24 hours at this point, Okay. This is the situation here. And we, we get there, and Brother Gan's like, we're going to take you guys to Flat Top Mountain, all right? And the people are, like, telling us at the restaurant. They're like, these are for, like, skilled climbers, you know. Um, chosen, we've never done any, like, climbing experiences. We sing for the Lord, but we ain't going on no, ex, you know, excavations or whatever. Just going on these trips. I know I said that wrong, you guys, but I love it. So it's fine. We're here now. You guys love me. But we went on this little traveling journey, and we're like, here we are. We're going to act like we know what we're doing. And these people are probably like, these poor little tourists are going to die. And so... We, you know, we're driving up there, and I'm so excited, and, like, some of the other girls were like, oh, my goodness, we have to get back to the room. I was like, ladies, no, like, let's do this. So we're in the van, and we get there, and there's, like, it's just so cute and pretty and, like, gorgeous, but, y'all, this mountain was high. Like, we show up, and I was like, okay, like, this is, you know, and in my mind, Brother Galling told us, she was like, I hiked this in 27 minutes. Okay, uh, sister, could you just show the picture, actually, first of this mountain from my view? Yeah, that, the top, the very top, you can't even see it. But there's like at that peak, there's a flag there. Okay, he was like, "Yeah, I climbed this in 27 minutes." I was like, "Sir, what on earth are you doing here? Like, what do they train you in Alaska for an elementary school? PE? They must be like having them hike up mountains or something. I don't know. Not in St. Mary's County though." 
So, and also the elevation is very different too. The air is like crazy thin. I have family in New Mexico and I would travel, you know, to visit them and that air was thin, but y'all, the air was thin. It's like, I researched it last night because I wanted to see. It's like, I think 3,400 feet of a difference from here. So I'm up there, I'm, I'm dying. I'm literally like, dear Lord, this is it. This is how I go. But I'm not a quitter and I'm also stubborn and I'm also like, you know, if I start something, I'm like, I'm not going to stop it. Fun fact too, I'm terrified of heights. So, but I didn't let anyone know that. I'm like, I'm a warrior woman of God. So I'm not going to let anyone know that I'm terrified of heights, but I am. So I'm like walking up and the rest of the girls, there's only two other girls. The rest of the girls went back to the van and we're like, we're going to bed. I was like, I can't do this. I was like, I'm, I'm going to walk. Like I'm doing the climbing, you know, I, you know, in my pride, of course, I was like, I'm a warrior woman of God, not going to bed. So that's the scenario here. And I have some videos because they're really funny and I'm really putting myself like, I'm embarrassing myself, but I wanted you to see how out of breath and like dead I am. So here's a few videos. Sister Savati's gonna play here. Oh. Brother God, can you say that again? What? Here you're gonna get where it feels like it just sucks the oxygen right out of your body. Oh my gosh. Weird. Love that. Did you guys hear what he just said? Yeah, he was like, you're going to die, basically. We're like, oh, praise God. Like, we, and this is five minutes in, and y'all can hear I'm, like, dying. And then there's another video, too. It's, um, we're about ten minutes, maybe five, ten minutes. We haven't even been moving for, like, five minutes. No, and we're all exhausted. But I think if we can just keep focused on our breathing patterns, we can make this. I think that's what we got to <laughs> Oh. So that is me literally like five minutes in and like I didn't record much because I'm literally like dry heaving and I'm like I wasn't super out of shape like I felt pretty good going in this trip you know I was doing some smoothies and I was getting my workout in I was not prepared y'all they are built different in Alaska okay not was not prepared we're literally five minutes in at this point like not even at any point in the climb where it's even intense but we climb up this mountain and I did make it to the top, you guys, and we're going to talk about that today, how I climbed a mountain, okay? I did it, and I'm going to show you guys pictures in a little bit, but not yet, because we'll get there. But this mountain climbing experience, it really was something that, like, when we all, after we came back, we are like, this was literally, like, the most incredible, like, I can still say to this day, it is just the most, like, you can't describe it, the most incredible experience. And I was like, wow, I know what it is like to have a mountaintop experience in life now. And I remember I got back in the van and I told Sister Galleon, I was like, Sister Galleon, I think I want to climb Everest now. Like, I was like being serious. I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I know my calling now. Like, I'm no more career plans. Like, counseling can wait. No, I will be an Everest climber. And she was like, Jesus name. Like, she was, that's what she used to pray. She's like, oh, Lord, Jesus, touch her. Because I was like, no, I want to do it. She's like, Cameron, you can't do that. I was like, yes, I can. But um, clearly, I've not followed that path. The Lord talked some sense into me since then. But it was just such, like, a cool experience. And after that, it was really cool because when we all got to the mountaintop, we all were just kind of quiet when we reached that top. And I'm going to talk about it in a second. But I knew that this moment would be something. I was like, you're going 
you're going to use this for like a message someday. Like this is going to be something I'm going to have to tell the story. And of course, you know me and like my dramatic self. I, my, I like to say expressive, not dramatic, okay? Because people are always like, I'm so dramatic. I'm like, I'm expressive. I'm an expressive individual. But I love telling stories. So this is such a fun story to be expressive with. Like it's so much fun. But I knew it was going to be more than just a fun story to be able to tell around a campfire, to be able to tell, you know, my little party trick or whatever of a story. Be like, yeah, I climbed a mountain. It was going to be more than that. And I knew that God was going to give me something out of this. Um, And he did. And I feel today to share that. Um, And we're going to go ahead and go right to Genesis when we talk about Abraham, okay? So this is a man, and his faith has already been tested in the Bible. We see that he had received this promise. And it was so cool because God, he came through on that promise. Now, it, it taught Abraham he needed to be patient, and he, he didn't have all the patience in the world, but we're all human, and there have been many times when the Lord is like, wait, you know, wait on me, and I'm like, all right, and then I go and make something happen. He's like, sis, no, I said wait, and it's, we're humans. We're humans, and we want to make things happen in our own timing. It can be hard to trust in the Lord and wait on him. And so Abraham, he you know, struggled a little bit with patience, but he, he did believe and have faith that the Lord was going to do what he said he would do. And he would provide that promised son to him. And he held on to that. And it happened. And he had his promised son. He had Isaac. And it was just so amazing when Sarah gave birth in that old age. It was such a miraculous thing that it was like, wow, God really moved that mountain. God really just stepped in and he like cast out that obstacle that I thought it was impossible, but God stepped in and he moved that mountain for, for Abraham and Isaac came. Isn't that incredible? How many of you have ever had mountains moved in your life? That it is undeniable that God, whenever you spoke to that mountain, it moved. I've had mountains that have been moved in my life and I'm just so grateful to God today for those times that I've been able to speak to those mountains and they've been removed. That there's no way I could have ever faced it on my own, but just one word of faith, just speaking the name of Jesus, we sing about it all the time, and we just speak the name of Jesus, and mountains can be moved. And I'm just so grateful for those mountains that have been moved in my life. But then something happens. And it says that, back in verse 1, it said that after all these things had come to pass, after Isaac was born, after that mountain had been moved, God did tempt, it said he tempted Abraham. In another version, it says he tested Abraham's faith. God sends a test. And it says that he said to Abraham, behold, or he said unto Abraham, and Abraham said, behold, here I am. And God said to him, now take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and give thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering up upon one of the mountains, which I will tell of thee. And God is asking here, Abraham, something that is unimaginable. That is unthinkable to give the promise, the miracle, the mountain was, that was just moved and cast aside. God is saying, I want you to take him and I want you to climb a mountain. And this is a situation that God didn't ask Abraham to speak to the mountain, be removed. He asked to start climbing. And there are times in life when we face mountains and we speak to them, right? And we speak in faith and we say, you know, I speak to this mountain, be removed, and it will be removed. Um, I believe that we should exercise our faith. I believe that every time that there's something, that there's a sickness in the church, I believe that God is able to heal it. And so I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak faith. I don't think we should stop speaking faith. I believe that every time there's a need, I can speak the name of Jesus because he is able to heal. He's able to deliver. If there's a financial need, I believe I can speak to that need and God will provide. I absolutely believe that there's power. There, 
so many times in scripture it says if you just have faith the size of the seed of a mustard or the size of the grain of a mustard seed then you can speak to a mountain and it'll be removed how many of you guys have ever come to those moments where you you just speak it out in faith and you're like this makes no sense to me but I'm going to speak it out in faith and that is so important we have to do that it is it's a principle in the word of god to speak faith I literally just in the youth class last week talked about the power of speaking life over things. Bishop last week talked about when you, the power of a spoken word, when you just speak over something, that there's authority in the name of Jesus, that we have that power that rose in that, that resurrection, that whenever Jesus was raised from the dead, there's that resurrection and life in the name of Jesus. It's not just speaking the name of Jesus, but you're speaking life and authority. And there is so much power in that. But what happens when we speak and the mountain doesn't move. What happens to our faith? Does that mean our faith is weak? What, there's so many questions that happen when I speak to it and I see nothing's changing. I speak to them and I say, God, your word tells me that I can speak and if I have faith, and I've got faith right now, I've seen you do it for this person. And so what the enemy will start to do is he'll start to mess with our minds. He'll start to say, well, God care obviously loves them more than he loves you. Or he'll say, people in the church obviously have been praying more for this person than they've been praying for you. I know how the enemy works. He works with our minds, and he'll try to twist it and warp it and say, because this mountain isn't moving, well, your faith just your faith isn't great enough. Or God just doesn't care about your situation like he cares about. And, and we'll start this comparison game where our minds are tormented. And it's not something that we're intentionally doing because we're just trying to compare ourselves to this person. The enemy, we have to be very aware of the devices and the traps of the enemy that he will just deceive us and he will twist this into something that it is not. And he'll say, this mountain is here because God, he didn't hear your cry. He didn't hear you when you prayed to him. And then we'll start to doubt the power in the name of Jesus. We'll start to doubt, well, Maybe if I speak healing. So we stop praying for people. We stop praying for healing. We start, stop believing. We say, God, why didn't you fix this situation? Why haven't you healed my body yet? I pray week after week and I'm still struggling with this sickness. God, I've, I've cried unto you to help me to deliver me from this situation. Why is this mountain still here? And there's some mountains that we will come to in this life that God, they, he will move them when we speak to them, but there are some mountains that were not created to be moved. There's some mountains in your life that were never meant to be moved, but they were placed there for a very specific reason. Every mountain is not meant to be moved, but there are some mountains in your life that are gonna come that are meant to be climbed. I offer today three reasons why some mountains aren't meant to be cast into the sea, but that they have to be climbed. Going back to my story, that climb up, as I showed the videos, it was just exhausting. That first part of a climb, there, there's different stages, and that first part is that incline, okay? And as you're walking up, it's exhausting. How many of you guys have ever hiked before, climbed a mountain, maybe walked up the driveway, if that's like a mountain for you? Okay, we've all gone through our own mountains. Mountains sometimes are a little different than others. Going to the parking lot, you know, it can be a mountain. But... It can be risky sometimes when you're walking up that, that mountain in your life, and it can, you can get exhausted and out of breath, and that's why, you know, sister Satan over here, if you guys were at the leg day yesterday, y'all were probably, like, feeling like you were climbing some mountains. I did not go. Um, I had some friends in town, but I heard there were donuts, so next time, you know, hit her up. There's a little plug for Faster Way. Praise God. It's changed my life, and it can change yours, too. Anyways, this is not a paid promotion, but <laughs> there are, whenever you are, like, doing something physically, it's going to be a little bit exhausting. You're going to get to a point where you get fatigue, and you are tired, 
there's a lot of risks. I was doing some studies on people who climb Everest because, you know, that was one of my goals in life two years ago. And I was reading and doing some research and the risks involved in climbing Everest, they're really big. Like if you guys ever want to do it, there's a lot, there's a lot. So, you know, read up on it before you go to Everest. Um, even when you're using like bottled oxygen and the, like, you've got this whole thing of gear, people literally mountaineers, like professional climbers that have, you know, you work your way up there and they will experience fatigue, nausea, vomiting, blacking out, passing out. I mean, it is no joke, y'all. These people, they're experiencing things like hypothermia, even with all these layers on. It's insane. Like I've seen documentaries on like people who climb and I'm just like, Lord, they just have a special type of strength and it's crazy stuff. But when you're walking up this mountain, it's exhausting. And I remember in that one video, you can hear me say, if I could just take it one step at a time, you know, one thing, I just focus on the next step, then I can get there. I don't remember how long it took. I think it took, I'm not going to say because it's probably embarrassing, but it took a little bit of time, maybe more than 27 minutes to get to the top. And I remember step after step, that walk, I was exhausted. And there were many people actually, like a lot of the guys dipped out, not even going to lie to you. I was like, like literally there were like some of these guys and they're like I'm gonna stay back I was like <laughs> warrior woman but um I like kept walking and I, I told them I'm talking about them today so if they watch back I'm not gonna mention their names but you know who you are um but they like you know kind of dipped out and we're like I'm gonna stay here you know like check make sure there's no bears or stuff I was like yeah okay Alrighty, buddy. So they're sitting there and they just kind of got fatigue and they couldn't go anymore. One of them had like a knee problem. So I get that, you know, no, no shame to him. But the rest of them, I was like, come on, boys, let's go. So, but they didn't. Some of them were falling away. But it was hard whenever people are around you walking away. You're like, oh, that kind of sounds nice to like eat some fruit snacks with them and, you know, sit down for a while. But I knew myself too. And if I took a break, I probably was not going to get back up. Like, I mean, at this time I had been awake well over 24 hours. I was literally purely running off of adrenaline. And if I stopped at any second, I was like, I'm not going to back up from here. So I had to keep walking and it was so exhausting. And there were different points in this hike when I would see, and mind you, remember, I'm terrified of heights. So my legs would start to get just, who else is afraid of heights? Anyone else? You know, that feeling when you're like standing there and your legs just like turn into jello and you're like they get locked up on you and just like oh lord like there was literally I was on some cliffs y'all like I want you to understand how terrifying this was it was crazy okay not kidding but I kept going and I kept walking and it was just like step after step and I think of Abraham as he was climbing that mountain he had a lot harder of a time than I did because he's not walking that mountain with like excitement in him and you know he's he had faith that God could provide but he's walking up the mountain with his son and can you imagine like I know we talk about this but I just always think how awkward that walk was for Isaac he's like you where's the sacrifice dad and that's like shush shush God's gonna provide it and I could just imagine Isaac walking up the mountain and being like at, like putting two and two together and he's just like hmm this is awkward like can you just imagine like the awkward silence after that when he's just like walking and following his dad up this mountain I've had some awkward moments, but I think that might top the awkwardness of my life just to be walking up and be like, where's the sacrifice? He's like, you'll find out. So they keep walking. And this is like a tormenting walk, like not just for Abraham, but Isaac. Can you guys imagine like 
my parents could have a hard time telling me, like, clean your room. I can't imagine them being like, come, you're going to go get sacrificed. I'm like, praise God. Like, walking up this mountain, that's not really what's going on here in, in Isaac. And so Isaac is, my guy is probably struggling, like, taking step after step, thinking, what is all this for? Why am I climbing this mountain to my death? But they, they walked, and they took step by step, not knowing what would come. And you see, we can say that I've got faith, right? It's easy to say these words, I have faith. But what is faith? You know, we say faith, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we tell, you know, people all the time in Christianity are like, I have faith, I have faith. But the Bible clearly states something about faith. It says that as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. And it says in verse 14, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of, food, of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things that are needed for the body, then what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Jesus is saying here, you, your faith, it's dead. It's, it's nothing unless you put action behind it. And it says in here, it says, do you see that faith was working together with his works? It says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? He was justified by his works. Every step up that mountain, it says that his faith was working together with his works. And by works, faith was made perfect. And it's saying here in scripture, we see that it says, faith, it worked together with each step that he took. And your faith, it turns from a noun into a verb when you, when you put a step of faith behind it. So what am I seeing here? The incline. What, what is the purpose of, of this incline? What is, the, what is the purpose of it? The purpose of it is for your faith to be tested. It's for our faith to be made perfect. Because it says the working paired with the faith is what makes it perfect. And so God will allow you to go through a mountain and to face a mountain that he's going to make you climb. And it's exhausting. And you don't understand it. And you see that God moved this mountain over here. And maybe in your own life you can look back and say, God, you did this for me before. Why aren't you moving it now? But he's saying, I'm trying to do something in you. I'm trying to test your faith and make your faith perfect. And we can get so frustrated with God. But if we could just see it from this perspective that the Bible is telling us so clearly, I'm not putting you through this sickness to punish you or because I love you any less. He's saying, because of my love for you, I've got something in you that's got to be tried and made perfect. And it can only come by climbing up a mountain. If you walked around that mountain, you would never be able to see my glory the way that I want you to see my glory. And so he makes us go up these mountains and as humans, it's just so easy to have the wrong perspective. And we look at God and we see him as this judging, judging God. Yes, he, he judges, but we see him in a, it's just this negative sense. Like the world wants us to think that God doesn't care, but that's so false. That is not who God is. God is a loving God. And so he gives us mountains because he loves us, because he wants our faith to be made perfect. How many of you, you know, tests are not fun. Any test in life is not fun, but test the purpose of a test is to perfect that, that knowledge in that study, right? And weightlifting, my dad shared this 
<clears throat> with me last night. It says that there's something called train to failure, also known as concentrated failure. And when you reach this point at whatever part your body <clears throat> of your body that you're working out literally gives out or fails, this means that you physically cannot get another rep in. And you're, you're working to the point where, you know, sometimes, like, I have different um, styles in the way that, like, I'll work out. But, but there are sometimes where it's, like, you just keep pushing and pushing until you can't push anymore. So, basically, if you can do one more rep, then you're not doing it right. That's not the purpose of this <clears throat> workout. But what happens here is it flushes the ATP into this one concentrated muscle group. And what happens with that muscle group is when you've pushed yourself to the max and you can't go on any longer what happens is it causes that, that, that purpose muscle group that you're working for, it causes exponential growth and just to rush over to that muscle. And so what God is doing here is he is not just giving you this mountain just for any lack of purpose, but there's a purpose. He wants to concentrate on some area in your life that this sickness was not brought into your life to destroy you. It was made to work something out that God has to work out in your life because he loves you and he wants to, you to be made more into his image. Isn't that what we want? That's why we're here, right? That's why we come and we live this life because God make me more like you. And it's frustrating when that's not an easy path. And it's frustrating when God's like, okay, I'm going to have to test you on some things. But we work. And there's been so many times where we climb these mountains and we feel exhausted and drained. How many of you have ever come to a place in life? I can speak. I've come to a place in life where I felt drained, exhausted. There have been seasons, even recently in my life, where I've come to this place where I've said, God, I'm so exhausted. I've literally fall into my face in my room and just weep before God because I had no words to say. I had nothing left to say to God. Sometimes even that point when you just feel like you can't even cry anymore, you just come to God and you say, God, this has been trying for so long. I've been climbing this mountain for so long. What is the point in it? Why am I facing this? I'm so weary. I'm so tried. I'm so tired. And it's so many times we can come to mountains that we're climbing that we just get so exhausted and we get frustrated with ourselves, with God. But I just want to bring encouragement today to somebody. I really feel this encouragement. If you've been discouraged with where you're at and you're climbing a mountain, if it's sickness, if it's financial turmoil, if it's marriage issues, if it's relational issues, whatever it is that has been discouraging you, know that God has not brought this mountain that you can't climb over it. He's either going to bring something into your life that can be cast out or he will give you the strength to conquer through it. He is never going to bring you somewhere that with his strength, he can, you cannot overcome it. I've seen quotes before where people say, he's never going to put me through something that I can't handle. That is not true. God will put us through things that we can't handle on our own because when we come to the point where we're exhausted and we can't do anymore, who do we rely on? We rely on God. And so no more do I say I can do this on my own, but I say I'm exhausted and that's when he carries us and that's when his strength is made perfect in our weakness through afflictions, through trials, through all of these tests in life. What God is doing in your life right now, it has a purpose and he's working something out. He's saying right now, I'm giving you out of this, you're gonna get a little bit more compassion. You're gonna have a little more grace for others when you come out on the other side. How many of you have ever come through something and now you're like, wow, like I have a lot more compassion for people who have maybe not even dealt with this exact issue, but there's just something that through this mountain, it's produced a little bit more grace. It's produced a little bit more love and slowly and surely mountain after mountain, you become to look a little bit more like Jesus. And that's why he sends us these tests because 
we're trying to become more like him. And in our life, we're never going to be perfect here on this earth, but we can be made into that, that perfection. It's a work. It's a constant work here on earth. But one day we are promised that we're going to be sent up into glory and we will be perfect with him. But right now on earth, I'm going to be as much like Jesus as I can. And unfortunately, that means life isn't going to be easy. But we look at the life of Jesus. We look at the ministry of Jesus. And it wasn't an easy life. It wasn't a perfect life. It wasn't something that any of us would choose for ourselves. Yet, you know, we say, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm like Jesus. And a lot of times we're, we're the little things we're not even willing to sacrifice. But we call ourselves Christians, followers of Christ. Are we really following after Christ? Because if we're following after Christ, then that means we have to take up our own cross. That means we have to sacrifice some things. And that means we have to step up this mountain, even though I don't want to, and even though I'm tired and I'm weary and I want to turn back, there's an incline. There, that mountain is there for a reason. Be encouraged today. Know that the steps that you're taking, it's not for nothing, but every step that you take, every time that you feel so weary that all you can do is just drag yourself into the house of God, he will bring you that more encouragement. Do you ever come to a worship service and you're like, I don't even know how I'm here right now. And then just the spirit of God will move in that place and you feel encouragement. And then that brother or sister in the church is gonna come up and lay hands on you and they speak that word of encouragement. And you're like, wow, I needed that today. Or pastor gets up or whoever's preaching gets up and speaks exactly what you needed. It's because God knows, I know you're weary, and I know that you've run out of strength, but I have never run out of strength. And I am sufficient where you are weak and where you lack. So keep climbing that mountain because it's perfecting something in you. And this leads me to my second point. And that is the exciting part of the climb. That's when you reach the top. This climb, it felt like forever, but I can remember so vividly. And if you could um, share the pictures, I can remember so vividly the moment that I reached the top of that mountain. I remember reaching the top of this mountain and I was sleep deprived. I, my legs felt like jello. I was pushing past the point of exhaustion. Yet I remember that I reached the top and it was worth it. Y'all look, look at the flag and look at the light. Oh my goodness. Y'all, it was so beautiful. I just want us to take a moment. It's just so pretty. And you can play that video, Sister Silvani. Um. Uh, oh yeah. I know. Mountain. I literally didn't think we could do it. Do it. Do it. Yes. Do it. You guys, did you hear how excited I was? I was like, oh my goodness, we reached the top. I was so excited, and she's like, she she get a picture of me. I was like, yes, sis. Let's take all the pictures up here. See, I got mine, and it was gorgeous, you guys. I literally took so many pictures, so many videos. Like, and it was golden hour too, and it was like 1 a.m., but golden hours at 1 a.m. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like, he really blessed us with some great lighting for these pictures. And it was just like so beautiful, though. I got up there, and this may be shocking to you guys because I usually, usually always have something to say. But when I reached the top of this mountain, I was speechless after my hype. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we reached it. After that, I was like, just like jaw-dropping beauty that – these pictures just no video no picture can do it justice nothing can do can do it justice like I can't even describe to you how beautiful it was but I looked out and I could see the path that I had taken and I it looked like little ants on the ground I saw like sheep and goats and there was like a moose too it's pretty cool but I remember looking out and I was like they look so small and I could see the path that I had taken up and it was rocking I'm like oh my word like I I saw where the cars were and I was like it was so far away and I had finally reached that mountaintop experience and it was 
like it was crazy because when we got to the top I literally was like getting emotional like I started tearing up and I was like what is going on here I was like literally like and then like everyone else was just quiet and like some of the girls had tears in our eyes and I was like yes Jesus and then like even some of the guys were like actually I think getting emotional they would never admit it but I'm pretty sure they were okay and I was like it was just so beautiful and all of us are just looking at the landscape we're looking at just the beauty of God's creation and really just I was so proud of myself in that moment. I was like, I'm terrified of heights. And I did this because something that had been happening was right. And you can't, you can't tell in the picture, but right before like you get to the top, there is this peak. And this is where the skilled climbers, that, that would have been helpful to be because it's literally, there's no path. It's just rocks. It is rocky. And there's literally this peak to where you have to jump from point to point. Like there's no like, you can't do this number where you're like stretching so far that like your limbs are like, it's like that voodoo like torture trap thingy where they're like stretching your body and they're like, we're gonna torture you. Like my body was like stretched like that. No, it couldn't even do that. I literally had to like jump from point to point and I was shaking and they're like, come on Cameron. I was like, literally like in this position, I was like, okay, either I do this or I don't and I die. So we've gotta do this because I didn't wanna die. So. I jumped over and I finally, like, I'm jumping like a little billy goat over here. I was like, whew, like getting my like skills in. And then finally I made it to the top. And you guys, I literally, whenever I made it, like I said, my, I just wanted you all to understand like how terrifying this was. Cause it wasn't just a little walk. Like I was so skilled and I finally made it to the top and it was just like, I was so proud of myself. And I was like texting my parents, like there was probably no signal, but I was like, guys, I just climbed a mountain. And my dad, y'all know my dad is terrified of heights. I don't know if you know how terrified of heights he is though but like this man like I'll be I was in West Virginia last summer and I was like I put this picture like my feet were digging off the side he's like Cameron Cheyenne he's like what are you doing and he literally like this man will like come for my life all the time he's like this is you are going to die and like I don't know if you guys remember that message he preaches on um too close to the edge but like that's not just a message like he preaches no he preaches that in our home all the time he's like remember if you're too close to the edge like you're gonna die you know spiritually all this but I'm like this man takes it literal like if I'm anywhere near like a few feet away he's like coming for my life but he loves me and he wants to keep me safe so thanks dad but all that being said, I remember texting my parents and I was like, guys, I reached the top of this mountain and this picture probably is giving him right now. He's like, oh my goodness, she's so close to the edge. Thank God she's still alive. But I remember that feeling too. It's okay. I'm that way too. But I was just so proud. I was like, I have to get a cool picture. All that being said, the mountaintop is such an exciting part of the journey. It's like you forget instantly whenever I was up there, I forgot about all of the times whenever I was running out of breath, I forgot about all the times. Like, it was worth it to me. It was like, I do this. That's when, that's the moment that I decided to be an Everest climber. I was like, this is it. Like, this is why they do it. I realize now, like adrenaline junkies, this is why they do what they do. I understand now. And on that mountaintop experience, it's like that the miracles, that's where they come to pass. And Abraham, when he reached that mountaintop, it's like, okay, God, anytime now. And he puts Isaac on the altar, which I'm sure gets a little bit more awkward. And Isaac is laying there on this altar. I'm still amazed that this, this kid is laying here on this altar. Like, I don't care how old you are because people are like, well, we don't really know how old he was. I'm 22 years old and I'd be running. I'd be like, you're a psycho. Like, I'd be like, see you later. Like, they'd have to strap me down to this altar. Like, I'd be like, I love you, Lord, but I don't know what's going on here. But Isaac was a better child than I am because he was just laying there trusting the Lord. 
And as Abraham lifts up his knife, that's when the angel of the Lord speaks, and he sees this ram in the thicket, and that's when God provides this miracle. In that moment, after all this happens, I can imagine that those emotions flooding Abraham, and it's like, thank you, God. There is a ram here, and so they provide, he provides a sacrifice, and he begins to, you know, they sacrifice this animal instead. And I'm sure Isaac is like, thank you, Lord. Like, everyone's like, Abraham saw God as a provider. I'm like, Isaac saw God as a provider. Like, y'all don't know. Like, Abraham's like, my son. Isaac's like, my life. And so he's the one who is like, thank you, God, for being my provider. We always talk about Abraham, but I'm like, y'all leave this kid out. Like, he was the one on the altar here, okay? So in a moment, though, in just one moment, all of that pain, the fear, it just leaves because God is proved as a provider. And the second reason that the mountain won't move is so you can know that God is going to show himself in a way that he has never revealed himself to you before. It brings revelation to your walk with God because it says that Abraham called that mountain Jehovah Jireh. He called that place God will provide. He would have never been able to know God as Jehovah Jireh unless he climbed a mountain and God provided for him. His faith had to be tested. He had to do something unimaginable, but it brought him to know God as Jehovah Jireh. And this sickness that you're facing, this trial that you're facing, this mountain that you've been climbing, it's so you can know God in a way that you have never known him before. Because at the end of this, you're gonna say, God is my provider. God is my healer. He is my deliverer. He is my shelter. I'm telling you, whenever you go through something, I can say in my own life, there have been trials that I have faced. Whenever I have faced this pain unimaginable that I'm like, God, how am I going to get out of it? I can testify today and tell you that God has shown me to be a friend that sticks closer than a brother, that I know God as my best friend. I know God is a shelter, that we sing these songs all the time, that God, he's our strong tower that the righteous will run into and be safe. But I'm telling you, whenever you need a shelter, when you need a strong tower, it's a little, you, you appreciate that shelter more when it's cold outside. When there's a storm coming, when there's winds blowing, that shelter means a lot more to you than it did whenever it's just there and the weather's all nice and sunshiny. So God will bring trials, he'll bring storms, he'll bring a mountain that you have to climb because he knows that you're gonna know me as your shelter when this is done. You're gonna be able to know me as your friend that sticks closer than a brother. Somebody here today, you're facing a situation that you say, God, why did you bring me through this? Why am I facing this right now? But I I promise you, hold on because that mountaintop experience is going to come and that's where the glory of God is going to be shown to you in your life. You're going to know God in a way that you never knew him before. There's going to be moments that are going to blow your mind because you never knew that God was so good. You never knew the love of God in the way that it reaches. A story that I didn't include this in my notes, but something that I was studying was Peter, whenever he walked out on that water, it says, you know the verse that says, there's nor height nor depth that can separate us from the love of God. Well, I think about whenever Peter, he was walking out on that water and it says, he said to God, if you're really who you say you are, you know, call me out to the water. He says, okay. He's like, oh, snap, you're actually telling me to do this, you know? Because a lot of times we're like, Peter's like, oh, uh, you know, like we think that Jesus is like, come to me. And then Peter goes, no, he's like, God, Tell me, you know, to come to you. And so he's testing God. And God's like, oh, I'll test you back. And he's like, oh, no. So, but he walks out in faith and he starts to walk over this water. And they're in the middle of a storm. They're in deep waters. And then for a moment, he gets his eyes off of Jesus. And he gets his eyes on the storm. And that's when he begins to sink in a deep 
place. But that's when Jesus reaches down. Whenever he loses sight, Jesus, he doesn't just leave him and say, well, you lost sight of me and I'm going to let you down. No, but he begins to sink in those deep waters, but Jesus reaches and pulls him up. And I'm telling you, there's something incredible whenever you get the relation, the revelation of the depth of the love of God. Because whenever you're, faith, you know, you're going through life and everything's fine, it's just the shallow. You're in the shallow. You know, you're, you're okay. You're you feel safe. You're not worried about drowning whenever you're at the beach. Maybe even the water's up to here, but you're, you're okay. But whenever you're in waters that are so deep, that's when God's love reaches to that depth. And if you would have never been out so far that you were going to be drowning, you would never know how deep and how wide and how far and how powerful the love of God is. And so God will allow you to come to places that you say, God, I feel like I'm drowning. I feel so exhausted. I feel like, how, how did I get to this place? I feel, but that's when he says, the mountaintop, no, nothing is too high for me. In, in the valley low, there's nothing too low for my love. My love reaches to the mountaintop and it reaches to the valley low. That's what he's saying. And through this trial and through this mountain, God will, he will reveal his love. He will reveal his character because it's so incredible that when you face things, you just know God in a way that, Nothing you could read, nothing anyone could tell you will let you know that love of God. And we say, you know, you look up to people and you're like, man, I want that relationship with God like they have. But you really don't want to know what they went through probably to get there. You know, a lot of times, be careful what you say about the preacher that gets in the pulpit because you don't know the things that God had to try in their life to get them to the point where they can deliver this word that you say, wow, like, well, how come I didn't get that opportunity? And I'm just saying, because I've been there before where you think, why didn't I get that opportunity? And then he's like, do you really want to go through what it's going to take for you to have this testimony? Because we know it, you don't get a testimony without a test. But God will test you on these things, but it's all for his glory. And it's also we can look back and say, look at what the Lord has done. Look at the goodness of my God, at the power and the magnitude of the God that I serve. And then the last part of this, of this climb, this mountain experience, why the mountain doesn't move is because of the decline. The part that I didn't really want to do. And it was scarier because I was like looking at where I'd come from. I was looking back at you know, where I was before. And I looked down and it was scary going back. I was like, man, this is beautiful. Like, I don't want to leave it. I have pictures, but it doesn't do it justice. But you know what I did have? I had that memory and I had that, you know, I can tell you guys in very much detail, the, the memory of the beauty and the, the glorious just splendor of the mountaintop. And you know what you have after the mountaintop experience that when you come back down, you've got a testimony that Abraham was able to call that place the thing is, you can't live on a mountaintop. You can't live there forever. It's not going to sustain you. It's not, it's not a place that you can live. It's not, you can stay there for a little bit. You can take some pictures. Eventually, you're going to have to go down to base camp. Eventually, you're going to have to go down and get some food and get some water. You can't stay up there. The altitude's too high. And so you have to go back down off the mountain. But the amazing thing is, God, what he gives you on a mountaintop in a moment, just a few moments on a mountaintop is enough to sustain you to go on. Because guess what? One moment in the presence of God, one moment where it comes full circle and I'm like, God, you're my provider. That will last me through future trials because guess what? I come down this mountain and I face another mountain. I say, God, if you move this mountain, I trust you. But if you don't, you provided for me on that last mountain. Abraham said, God, you've been Jehovah Jireh for me. So guess what? I come to this 
this next mountain and I know that you are too good. You have been too faithful for me to fail me now. And there's some things that you're going through right now. There's a mountain in your life that it's not gonna destroy you. It's not gonna take you out, but you're gonna have a testimony that is not just gonna encourage yourself, but it's gonna encourage others that people say, look at what the Lord has done. Look at the faithfulness of God in their life. Look at how good their God is. And that's what it's about, right? It's about witness, being witnesses into the uttermost parts of the earth that I can say, my God is so good. He's been good for me. He can be good for you too. He's been my provider and he can provide for you. He's been my healer. And I know that he can heal your body. He can heal your disease. He can heal your mind. There's no mental health disorder that is too big for God. There is no disease. There is no fear that is too big for my God. And I'm telling you, there's somebody here today. I feel this in the Holy Ghost that there's somebody here today that there's a mountain that you've been viewing it wrong. You've been viewing this mountain as the wrath of God, but it is the love and mercy of God because it's producing something in you that wouldn't have been produced if you would have went around the mountain. You would have missed out on the mountaintop experience. You want to take another path? You want to say, I'm going to just go around this mountain. I don't need it. You would never know the climb up. You would never know the mountaintop and you would never have a testimony coming back down. And there's this song that I just, if we could all stand, and I don't know, I, I've heard it in a, a church in New Mexico saying this song, and the words it just says, sometimes it takes a mountain, sometimes a troubled sea, sometimes it takes a desert to get a hold of me, but your love is so much stronger than whatever troubles me. Sometimes it takes a mountain to trust you and believe. Those words are so powerful that sometimes it takes a mountain for me to know God and to trust him in a way that I couldn't have trusted him before. Sometimes it takes a mountain to get a hold of me, to shake some things up in my life. And so I wonder if together we could just lift up our hands and we could thank God. Thank you for the mountain that wasn't moved. Thank you for the mountain in the situation that didn't disappear. Thank you, God, that you've been faithful, Lord. And I trust that if you've placed this mountain in my path and that if I've spoken to it in faith that it hasn't moved, that it is there for the perfect of my faith, that it is there, Lord, and I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to submit even when I don't understand, even when I don't agree that this is what's best for my life. God, I thank you for the mountain that you didn't move. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So